0: That's publichealthquestion at jhu.edu for future podcast episodes. Today, Stephanie Desmond is talking to Monica Malta, a social epidemiologist and a global health researcher at the University of Toronto, about responses to the novel coronavirus at local, national, and regional levels, along with individual and community behavior changes. Let's listen.
1: I'm here today with Monica Malta, a global health researcher and professor at the University of Toronto. She is also an alum of the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Thank you for being with us today.
2: Yeah, sure. It's my pleasure to, to help any way I can.
1: So I understand that you are a social epidemiologist. Uh, what does that mean? And what do you look for when you see an outbreak? Yeah, as a trained
2: uh, social epidemiologist at Hopkins, I try to look uh, not into the infectious per se, but into the, the combined effects of uh, individual behavior, community behaviors, and the response in a local and national and regional level and how these all those forces can make an outbreak as the COVID-19 peak in and China and in Italy, but be at the same time uh, control it in Japan, for
1: instance. So, has your research uh, looked into those questions, or you're, they're still evolving?
2: Yeah, I think we have more questions than answers so far with COVID nineteen. We are seeing a lot of questions: when should we stop social isolation? When schools are going to be open? when this uh, pandemic is going to peak in my community, in my city, and in my country. What we are trying to accomplish is to better understand what is the proper response, what is the most effective response when we see an outbreak like the COVID-19. And we are seeing today that Italy is facing the heavy burden of death Today, we saw that they have more death than in China. And that's, that's a new information that we didn't have yesterday. What happened in Italy that is different from Japan, we do know that COVID-19 is very, very harmful for elderly. And Italy has a big population, a big chunk of the population above 16 years But we know that Japan is the country with uh, almost 30% of its population over 16 years old. And we have a very controlled situation in Japan. And what we can learn about it is, first of all, Japan started testing. By the early days, they had front tests in uh, available to everyone with mild symptoms, they didn't wait the outbreak to peak. They also uh, requested everyone to adopt social isolation, and they their culture and the government they reinforced it. So it was on the early days in Italy. We didn't see this, and now we are facing a heavy burden in health facilities and the lack of. Uh, protection uh, masks and so on in, in health units all over the country. And the death toll is being really hard. So we can learn and we can prepare for this pandemic that is coming to the US, uh, Canada, to the global south,
1: and so on. So you recently published a commentary in The Lancet, which included the phrase 2020 hindsight in the title. We wish we all could have seen this coming. Um, what did you mean when you talked about that? And is that something, for example, I know you just described Italy as being slow to test, for example, and I feel as though the United States has been slow to test. So I'm wondering if what you see, if we're going to see more of an Italy situation than a China situation.
2: Well, uh, for the US, it's is very hard to predict. We, we cannot expect either scenarios, either Japan or Italy, because uh, the U.S. is a massive country with a lot of demographic variation, but we, we don't know if uh, people in big cities uh, uh, all over the country are going to really adopt social isolations as a, a key necessary individual and collective strategy to slow down this peak and to give the healthcare uh, units all over the U.S. and all over any other countries time to prepare and to be able to respond. But uh, it's, it's a big concern right now. We need to respond. We need to adopt uh, individual behaviors. The social isolation is the number one and the proper hygienics. And as a community, we need to think about all the community with this pandemic. As a, as a social epidemiologist, I also can tell that fear can foster a lot of behaviors that it, it's counterproductive when a single couple, for instance, buy toilet paper that can endure for three, five, six months, you're going to end up with a lot of. Groceries out of stock w- with basic
1: supplies. And I was just gone, in the grocery so, store and I saw there was no there was no paper products and there was no flour on the shelves even. Exactly. Well,
2: we live in Toronto and we are a family of six and we don't have flour available or toilet papers. So we need to think not only about our safety but as a community. So it it goes either way. We need to social isolate. We need to be Responsible when going to the
1: grocery. I, I'm sitting here thinking about Americans, and I'm wondering if maybe we're not very good at this sort of thing.
2: Yeah, I think you are absolutely right. We are not used to let the government or someone else tell us you should stay home. You should avoid social contact. It's not who we are as New Yorkers or, or as someone who lives in a big city and is used to go to a restaurant just to, to see some friends or to to friends and family, so it is an unknown and very scary situation. And we know that the the panic and the all this new and really fast pandemic is is making us feel anxious and and so on and so forth. But right now, since we do not have either a vaccine or a specific treatment. For COVID-19, we do need to adopt social isolation. The sooner, the better. We need to look into Japan, for instance, and have in mind that we can avoid a really heavy toll of death, and even among the healthcare who are in the front line and are struggling to have masks and basic supplies to protect themselves and provide the treatment we need.
1: I know that you've studied other epidemics. What do you think we can learn from those that we can apply here? And what do you think we're going to learn from this to apply in the future?
2: Yes, I've been working with the HIV AIDS pandemic for a long, long time, since the early days. And we saw a similar situation where stigma and discrimination played a really heavy toll when we pointed as Uh, HIV-AIDS is the cancer of gays or sexual workers or IDU users. And then we realized that it was a problem of everybody who had sex or any other risk behavior. What we're seeing now is a little bit similar when we point to someone in the streets with a mask or who looks like from China or Japan or Asia And we are seeing a lot of racism and xenophobia, so we need to avoid this. That's a problem of everybody. We need to work as a community. We need to behave in ours, looking into our safety, our family, and our community as a whole, because the community is where this virus is circulating. So we need to adopt social isolation and be prepared and be aware that that's not a disease that chooses you by your, the color of your skin or the country you're born.
1: It's everyone's problem. And also, it doesn't matter whether you're from a wealthy country or a poor country, as we've seen. That's for sure. We are seeing
2: uh, COVID-19 growing fast in low- and middle-income countries And we are seeing very uh, different uh, strategies. For instance, Brazil decided to test only those with uh, really heavy symptoms. And then they are missing a lot of people with mild and even no symptoms at all that continue their daily activities, going to schools, going to restaurants, and so on and so forth. So we are expecting a really big and fast peak of COVID-19 in Latin America in in the next week or so, unfortunately.
1: Well, I look forward to reading your research, learning about what you've learned from this outbreak. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: Thank you for listening to Public Health On Call, a new podcast from the Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health. Please send questions to be covered in future podcasts to publichealthquestion at jhu.edu. That's public health question at jhu.edu. This podcast is produced by Josh Sharpstein, Lindsay Smith Rogers, and Lamari Morales. Audio production by Niall Owen McCusker with support from Chip Hickey. Distribution by Nick Moran. Thank you for listening.